cold seasons here? <laughs> Flu season, whatever you want to call it. Everywhere I go, people are sick. And so uh, I don't know about you, but one of the uh, remedies that uh, I'm big on is chicken soup. And um, in fact, my mother used to call it Jewish penicillin. And, you know, uh, it was just something about chicken soup, chicken noodle soup or chicken rice soup that just does something for you, just, just makes you feel better. And so I, I brought a can. This, this is a, a good old Campbell's. How many of you grew up with some of this around? You'd like your mom would pull it out, your dad would pull it out or something. And, and uh, you know, the thing about this, it, it, it tastes okay. You know, it's, Campbell's pretty good. And you can nuke it and have it ready in about 30 seconds or something like that. Um, but I want to show you something different. This is, this is chicken soup made by my wife. Now, this you can do in 30 seconds. This takes two hours for my wife to make from scratch. And I'm going to tell you, and I, I know that you think that I'm not being objective, and I'm probably not, but this is like the most amazing chicken soup you'll ever taste. Verified, not only by myself, but everybody who's ever come to our house went, oh my gosh, that is amazing chicken soup. And so she really, she invests a lot of time in this, and when you taste it, you just, it's heavenly. It just is. So the, the point that I want to begin with as we look at the new year, and we're going to be talking about preparation, is uh, you, can, you can sort of uh, enter the new year kind of in a nonchalant way and go, yeah, you know, I hope things are better, you know, and, uh, and, and not a lot of preparation goes into it. Uh, maybe it's kind of a Campbell's soup kind of a thing. Or you can have something heavenly. You can have a great new year. But it's all about preparation. Are you willing to prepare yourself for the new year as, as we come into it? And so I, I, want, I want to talk about that. Probably a lot of you already, you've been reading blogs, you've been on websites, you've been listening to podcasts, maybe you've, been, you've got some life coaching stuff going on. All good. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But as a Christ follower, if you are truly a person who is committed to following Jesus Christ... I want you to think about what 2019 is going to look like with more of God in your life. Not just, you know, better health, bigger muscles, um, whatever, you know, uh, better financial uh, portfolio, whatever it is. I want you to think about what would my life look like and how can I prepare myself for that? So if you have your Bibles or your uh, mobile device, whatever you have, please turn with me to the book of um, Luke. Chapter 3, because we're going to jump right in, and we're going to talk about a guy who came to prepare. So we're talking about preparing, and this is, was, this is the ultimate preparer. His name was John the Baptist. Many of you know his story. And uh, I'm going to actually begin with verse 2. During the high priesthood, during the high priesthood, of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. And he went into the country around Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the words of the, uh, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice calling of one in the wilderness. So Isaiah actually wrote these words 750 years before John would come on the scene, John the Baptist would come on the scene. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. And the crooked roads shall become straight, and the rough way smooth, and all the people will see God's salvation. And John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, now, 
you got to sort of visualize John. So he's out on the banks of the Jordan River, and uh, the Bible describes him as being a really interesting-looking character. Apparently, uh, he ate wild locusts and honey and had a big old leather belt around him, and so he was a Nazarite, so he had really long hair. And um, so, you know, this is interesting. He, as he says, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's good to have you at the banks of the Jordan River. I have a wonderful message for you this morning. I think you're going to really enjoy what I have to say to you. Now, if you know what he says, you know he doesn't say that. His opening words are, you brood of vipers! How would you like to hear a preacher like that? To which I almost wonder if people in the crowd just kind of nudged each other and went, did he just call us a bunch of snakes? Because that's actually what he did. And then he goes on, and he says, who warns you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit and keep you with repentance, and do not say to yourselves, and I think probably about this time he reached down and he grabbed a couple of stones. He says, don't say to yourselves that we have Father Abraham as our, our father. He says, because God can make children of Abraham out of these stones. All of you Jews who think just because Abraham was your patriarch that you're in, you're not. Wow. Can you imagine how that, they heard that? I thought we were all in. We're all, you know, Father Abraham. And then he goes on and he says, the axe is already at the root of the tree. And every tree that does not bear fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, that's what I call a message. Let me tell you, man, he had their attention. Let's read on. Well, and I love their response. Ah, uh, what should we do then? These people were cut to the heart. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Notice what he says. He goes right to action. He doesn't say, you ought to go to church more. You got to read your Bible more. You got to pray more. I mean, those are all things. Those are all good things. But what is he? He goes right to action. Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. Anyone who has food should do the same. I love the way it says in verse 12, it says, even tax collectors came to be baptized. Now, if you know anything about tax collectors, those were the lowest of the low. Doesn't get any worse than that. They were considered traitors. They worked for the Roman government. They extorted money from the Jewish people, even though they were Jewish. So it was, you know. And it says, teacher, they ask, what should we do? He said, don't collect any more than you're required to, he told them. And then the soldiers came, and they asked him, what should we do? And he replied, well, don't extort money, and don't accuse people falsely, and be content with your pay. And, and, and it says, then the people were waiting expectant inspectantly, and were wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. And John answered to them all, I baptized you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come. The straps whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Pre preparation, preparing. So let's, uh, let's talk about um, our minds to start with. How do, how do we prepare our, our minds? Because I know a lot of us um, as you look at the new year, uh, and hopefully you're looking at it with a sense of optimism, and I hope it is a new year, and you're thinking about, oh, well, what can I, how can I make this year better? And, and, you know, of course, a lot of people will be joining the fitness center, you know, because they want to get all strong. And, and a lot of people are like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat better this year, and 
and other people are saying, you know, you know we're going to, this is the year that we're going to finally buy that home, and, and you know, that, 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 that's a great thing, but sometimes we, we, we kind of give a short shift to, to one of the most important things, and that's our mind in regards to how we enter the new year as we approach Christ, um, and, and so part of that is really listening to God's voice. You know, as a pastor, I have to tell you, this is one of the questions that I get asked the most. It's like, how do you hear God? It's, it's a great question. It, re- it really is. Um, in, in our mind, part of our, our brain system, the very stem of your brain, there's what's called the reticular activating system. And the reticular activating system is a filter in your brain. And, and, and so if you didn't have it, you'd go crazy because you would hear all sound, everything sensory would happen all at the same time, and it would just drive you out of your mind. But you have this beautiful filter back here. So that, like, for instance, I live right under the flight path, um, and so planes are flying over our, in our house all the time, lived there for 25 years. I pretty much don't hear them. Once in a while, I kind of notice it, but most of the time I don't. Why? Because this little reticular activating system works perfectly. It filters out that which I don't want to hear. As a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting. Now that I've been pastoring so long, I pretty much don't hear babies anymore. I really don't. It's like, just get a feel. Now, here's the thing. If I do hear a baby, that baby's got to be loud, because I'm also half deaf from surfing all my life, too. So anyway, I'm just, just saying. So this, this filter back here works, works pretty good. And, it, and, and you don't have to do anything about it. It just works. But when it comes to listening to God or hearing God, it's just the opposite. You have to train yourself to hear God. Like you have, you have to find ways to connect with God and actually hear, hear the voice of God. And, and, you know, it doesn't work the same for everybody. There's no formula for this. There's, I, I just can't lay it out for you to say, well, now here's how you hear God. Because some people hear God when they're out in nature. I'm, I'm, I hear God really well that way. That's one of the ways it works for me. Um, some, but sometimes I hear God when I'm reading Scripture. I'm reading the Bible and something will just jump off the pages. And I feel like God's speaking directly to me. Sometimes, and this has happened in my life, I hear God through other people. And, and I feel like God is speaking directly through those people to me. Sometimes I hear God through circumstances. Have you ever had something happen and you've been praying about it? And then, boom, something happened and you're like, okay, God, you spoke. And that is one of the ways that, that God speaks. But as you approach this new year, are, are, are you listening for the voice of God, because God really, really, really wants to talk to you, and that's, that's how, how you're going to be able to enter the year and know that, you know, I'm, I'm tracking with God and the things that God wants from my life, and so here's what I want to do. I want to encourage you in the next week or two weeks or three weeks, whatever works for you, however, however you can fit it into your schedule, to take some extra time. I don't just mean you're like your normal prayer time, whatever that would be, but I'm talking about some extra time. And maybe it will be in some environment where you're in a beautiful place. Or maybe it'll be in your home. Or, or maybe it'll be at a retreat. But just some extra time where you say, God, I really, really need to hear from you. And I want to hear from you. And, and just, just wait until you... God wants to speak more than we want to hear. It's true. I think sometimes people are afraid to hear. Like, eh, you know. But, but, but God, God wants to speak. And so... God wants to say something to you. So I, I, a few years ago, probably about four years ago, I started doing something. I, was, I heard um, this from Teresa Quinn, who is the wife of our lead pastor, Mike Quinn. And she said, I, I prayed about getting a, a word from God every year. And when I say a word, I mean a single word or maybe just a couple of words. 
And so I thought, well, I'm going to try this. So about, I think it was about three years ago or so, I, I started praying. I said, God, what, you know, what would it be for me this year as I approach the new year? And, and, and the Lord said to me, and I really felt him say, he said, focus, because you're not very focused. It's like, oh, that's a good word. And that's really, really, like, it's for me. And so that year was really a great year for me. Because instead of just like being all over the place, I began to be very, very focused on just a few things. And, and it, was, it, it turned out that that was the word for me that year. The following year, um, the Lord gave me another word, and I really prayed about it, and I prayed, and the word was engage. And I, I discovered, and it was God speaking to me about just kind of the way I am, I have a tendency to not always engage people, like sometimes, you know, just keeping it real here. You ever see somebody and you're like, you want to walk the other direction? And you're like, maybe there's just going to be a bit of awkwardness, or it's like, oh, it's that person. Or it's like, it can even be your next door neighbor, and you just want to close the garage door real quick and hope that they don't see you, right? And you're like, and so the Lord was saying, Steve, quit doing that, because that's the easiest thing for me to do. Because I have a lot of people in my life already, so I can make every excuse in the world, go, I just got, I have all these hundreds of people in my life, and the last thing I knew is I don't need to talk to them. No, God said, no. No, you engage. And so that meant when I met somebody's eyes that I would engage, I wouldn't run. And it turned out to be a really challenging year in a really great way, though. God really stretched me because of that. And, God, and by the way, as you enter this new year, here's what you need to know. God is not trying to get you in your comfort zones. He's trying to get you out of your comfort zones. That's how you grow. We never, ever grow in our comfort zones. And I know you don't want to hear that. You're like, oh, I know, I know. But that's, that's, how, God, that's how he grows us. And, and, then, and then last year, I had the word was plan. And it turned out to be a beautiful word for me. And I've always been a pretty good planner, but God wanted me to next level my planning. And so I began to plan every single day. I get up in the morning while I was doing my devotions, I'd plan out not only that day, but I'd plan out uh, just a week ahead and then maybe a week, two weeks ahead. And what I found is that it created this new kind of margin of time that I had in my life. And it actually was pretty refreshing. I'm like, wow, I was getting way out ahead of my schedule. And so that was, that was a good word for me. I have been praying recently, um, scouting around the ocean and, and taking some extra time praying. I haven't got a word yet for this year, um, but I'll, I'll let you know about it, okay? But just so it doesn't always, it's not like, okay, God, oh, got it. I think if he speaks to me the way that he speaks to you, whatever he would say to you will have everything in the world to do with you personally and who you are and what he wants to do in and through your life and maybe some issues in your life whatever it is. So I, I, just, I want to in, encourage you to do that th- this year, your mind. Then, then God wants to deal with, with our, our, um, our heart. You know, the Bible says that, that our heart is the wellspring of life. And, and the heart is really, you say sometimes, well, what is your, the heart is the essence of who you are. Everything about you is your heart. And, and if you ever look in a in the Bible, you'll find the word heart over and over, hundreds and hundreds of times. You'll find the word heart, the heart of David, the heart of Jesus. It was their heart. And, 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 and so God wants to get inside of that heart of ours and, and drive us towards the things that are, that are about his heart. And so it's interesting. So John's preaching, and one of the things, he, and he's quoting the prophet Isaiah, he says, fill in the valleys. So these are the kind of things, you, you know, from our culture today, we're like, okay, Cool. Kind of sounds poetic. What the heck does it mean? So we're going to give a little interpretation to some of this. 
So fill in the valleys is actually talking about um, what we're lacking. He's saying, you, so what's lacking in your life? As you go into 2019, what can you look at about your life today and say, I'm kind of lacking in that area? It could be anything from I'm, I'm lacking in, in the area of self-discipline. Like last year was kind of a messy year, you know? It kind of got away from me, and I kind of lost my sense of discipline. Maybe it's in the area of love. And you go, you know, I've not been a very loving person this year, this last year. And, and, and so God said, hey, take, take care of that. You're, you're lacking in that area. Maybe it's in the area of integrity. And you've always been a person of integrity, but last year somehow... Not so much so. Say, okay, fill that in. And so that's just one of those things. What would that be for you this year? Is there an area right now that you can think of this last year and you say, I, was kinda, I, can't, I came up short in that area. So he says, fill in the valley. And then he goes on and he says, flatten the hills. Well, what, what does that mean? He's talking about really pride. He says, you know, get, you gotta get, all of us deal with pride in some level. Some, some more than others. But it's, it's that ego thing. A good acronym uh, for ego is edging God out. Edging God out. So that, it's the pride. So all of us, all of us in various parts of our life, we deal with these, these pride issues. And is there some areas, you look back on this last year, see, how do you know when it's pride? When you're taking credit for something that really belongs to God. That's pride right there. Say, well, you know, I'm really proud of my career. Great. Who gave you the opportunity to have that career? Who gave you the gifts, the talents, the abilities to be in that career? See, we, all the time, I, and I fight it just like you do. So is there something in your life that's become prideful? You know, the thing about pride is God is really opposed to pride. Probably some of you know this. The Bible in, in James, it says that God opposes the proud, but he gives favor to the humble. And when I say humble, you know, sometimes people take the word humble and they go, oh, man, I, I still don't like that word. You know, it, it, it's like, oh, I'm so humble. I'm so nothing. That's not really what it's about. It's just having a proper assessment of who you really are. And, and so God says he, he opposes the, the prideful. I, every once in a while, somebody will come to me and they'll go, Pastor Steve, I've got some pride stuff going on. So I'm just praying that God will humble me. So let me just tell you right now. You don't ever, ever want that to happen. See, because God says, humble yourself, which you get to do privately. But if God humbles you, guess what? He's going to do it publicly. Been there, done that, okay? So I'm just saying, look at your life. Is there some areas in your life that maybe need a little bit of inventory in terms of where, where, where your pride is at? And then he says this. He says, straighten the crooked. This refers to um, hidden sin. This refers to the thing in your life you would not want anybody ever to know about it. Your spouse doesn't know about it. Nobody knows about it but you. And it's just your secret little thing, God, you know, your little pleasure, whatever it is. But it's there. And maybe as you look back on this last year, you've got to know that God is saying, look, I want to help you. And one of the ways that I'm going to help you is we need to deal with that, that hidden sin right there. How many of you know that this, this last year we saw all over the place that very famous people got outed on their secret sins? Hollywood producers and all kinds of celebrities, their secret sins were revealed. The Me Too movement had a lot to do with that. And suddenly all the, these, these people that were exploiting other people sexually, like, whoa! 
Everybody, it was all over the tabloids. It's like, what I did in private, my secret little sin, my, my little pleasures has now been exposed. I'm just telling you, God loves us too much. It's not like God is the FBI conducting a sting operation to find you, know, find you out. But if you're a child of his, if you have a relationship with him, I'm telling you, he will do what he needs to do to help you with that. There's, there's no upside to sin. Oh, it's fun. Maybe it's pornography. Maybe it's money. You know, you're just taking a little bit. It's just a little bit. It's no big deal. They're not going to notice. But whatever it is, God is going, no. Because one day, one day it's going to go all bad. There is no upside to sin. Straighten the crooked. And then as John continues to talk in verse 6, he talks about salvation. But that he wants us to have the kind of a life that will point other people to Christ. And this really has everything with the fruit. You've probably noticed this before, but the word fruit uh, is used a lot in the Bible, you know, and, and it really it refers to what's going on inside of our life. Um, it, and, and so there's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I mean, how many of you have that all wired? Right? I, I certainly don't. I mean, this is a lifelong pursuit for me. But, but we need to cultivate that, and so a lot of, that's, that's a heart issue right there. Like, if you're really honest with yourself, you know, is that, is that the stuff that's coming out of you? How about when you're under pressure? You know, like, a, you ever, like, squeeze a sponge, and whatever is inside there comes out? And sometimes when we get squeezed by life, is the fruit of the Spirit coming out? Or is something else? So this is, this is what John is after. The John the Baptist is he's preparing the way for Christ. Um, we also have to reject the temptation to make 2019 about us, about building our own platform, building our own little kingdom. And, and uh, we're all tempted to do that, right? As I look at myself, I always think to myself, Steve Bombacci, are you trying to make yourself famous or Jesus? Are you trying to build your own kingdom or are you trying to build the kingdom of God? And I ask myself that question all the time. And I think that's a question we have to ask our, ourselves. We all want our 15 minutes of fame, don't we? But I want to make him famous. I want to build his kingdom. And I hope that you do too as you approach this new year. How, how can we do that? And then, and then consider what sharing the good news actually looks like. And it may not be what, what, what you actually think it is. They, the crowd asked us, they go, well, well, what do we do? What do we do? And again, I point to the fact that he didn't say, so go to church more. Talk more religious. Don't swear as much as you used to. I mean, you know, that's all good stuff. That's not what he said, though. He says to them, look, it, here's what I want you to do. If somebody is hungry, you know, feed them. Give them a shirt if they need one. It's all actions that was service about loving people, serve others by identifying community needs. This last year, if you have been a part of this church, you know we did a lot of things to serve people. If you go to this church and this becomes your church family, you will know we serve and we serve and we serve and we love and we love and we love. And this, in 2019, I got together with our staff, with uh, Mike who is up here and with Tony and with Michelle and Mason and, um, and with Donnie. Everybody was on our staff. We had a retreat. We decided that 2019 
is going to be even a bigger year. But we're, we're going to bring the focus a little more home. I mean, we're always talking about going overseas and giving clean water in Fiji, and we're going to keep doing all that kind of stuff. But we're also, we, we, we really want to provide all of you with an opportunity to serve. Because I know some of you can't afford to do some of those things. And I know some of you are afraid to go to Mexico, okay? And some of you are afraid that, and, you know, don't, don't let uh, fear rule in your life in that way. But uh, this is the year that I'm hoping that all of us can find a way to serve and, 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 and um, really experience the, the blessing of serving. And then building godly character, as John continues to talk through, building God, godly character. Well, what does that look like in our life, and how do we, how do we build godly character? I mean, character is something that doesn't come overnight, does it? It's, like, it's a lifetime pursuit. I, I just look at myself, and I go, God, boy, that's, you know, that's a pretty tall order to deal with Steve Bombacci. And I've got decades of decades of saying, God, help me to grow and develop in, in, in godly care. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Have you ever been around somebody, and it just, like, you don't know why, but you're like, I just like this person. It has a lot to do with their heart. It has a lot to do with that, that godly character that, that's in them. And as we approach this new year, I know that there's a, a lot of things we probably want to do, and we want to get better, we want to you know, be the best version of ourselves, and we want to be stronger, and we want to, all the, those are all good, but nothing trumps that. Godly character. That's what God is after in your life this, this year. Finally, we've got to prepare our spirit. As people ask the question, so spirit, what, what part of us is the Spirit? The Bible says a part of you that connects with God is your spirit, all right? Remember, remember Jesus said, he said the Spirit gives life, but the flesh, he goes, it doesn't really count for anything. And he says, if you're going to worship me, you have to worship me in truth and in spirit. So there's that spirit dimension of us that connects with God. And so it, if we're going to, Go into this new year. Are, are we going to be people of, I'm just going to put it this way, people of the Spirit? And when I talk about not only our spirit, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. One of my constant prayers, and I think I pretty much pray it every day, is I say, God, fill me to the fullness of your Holy Spirit as much as I can stand. I need it. Because I'm up against a lot, and so are you. I'm up against a, a world that is not full of the Spirit. There's a lot of other spirits out there, but not the Holy Spirit. I, I need your spirit. And so will you, this year, commit to living in God's power, not your own? You say, what do you mean by that? Look it, let me put it this way. If I'm going to love all of you just based on what I have apart from God, it ain't going to go very far. Okay? Here's what's going to happen. I'll love you for a while but then I'll get tired, and then I'll get exhausted, and then I'll get tired and, and bitter. And we're all, the, we're all built the same way. That's why we need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in our life that can next level our ability to love beyond what we ever thought we could love. Next level, our ability to, to forgive. How many of you ever have struggle forgiving people? Like, I want to let that go, man. I want to forgive. They wounded me so deeply. They hurt me so badly. And you're like, ah, oh, you know what? That's where the Holy Spirit comes in. And the Holy Spirit can, can actually 
do for, for yourself inside of your spirit what you could never, ever do. There, there's, there's a lot of things that, that God can do in us that if we try to do it, you might succeed for a while. And then I've watched it happen. I've watched so many people walk away from Christ. So many people. It breaks my heart. Because I see what they're trying to do it by themselves apart from the Spirit of God, and you can't do it. Jesus said it this way in chapter 15 of John. He goes, apart from me, you can do nothing. And what he was saying, he goes, I want to spare you the grief of trying to do it yourself. That's why he said, my burden is light and my yoke is easy. Doesn't that sound beautiful? Is this not refreshing words? My burden is light and my yoke is easy. So how many of you in this year as we go into it would say, last year, I kind of tried to do it myself, and I got kind of tired. Last year, you know, I, I tried to love as much as I could, and I did everything that I thought was the right thing to do, and I, it, I just didn't, I got tired, I got exhausted, all right? So how about this year, as we approach it this year, 2019, we're going to all celebrate this next week, say, I'm going to rely on the Spirit this year. I, I, I can't love as much as I want to love. I, I, I can't be a lot of things that I want to be, but I think with the Holy Spirit, I, I can do those things. kind of comes back to this. Is it going to be a Campbell's soup year? <coughs> or are you going to really, really prepare your heart, your mind, your spirit, and you're going to have something that's heavenly in your soul? Let me pray for you. Father, We all come from different experiences and different things that we went through in this last year. And, and my prayer, Lord, is that uh, as we approach this new year, we approach it with hope. And, and we, we, no matter what happened last year, no matter how good or bad or whatever it was, that we look at this new year and, and, and like the Apostle Paul, we can say, I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And some of us, that should be our prayer through you. Yeah, we want to be the best version of ourselves. We want to improve. There's something in our, in our spirit that says, I have to be better, and that's good. But Lord, help us to know that we'll never be able to do it apart from you. And so I, I pray that in next week, in two weeks, in three weeks, a lot of us are going to pray like we've never prayed before, and we're going to say, God, what would you say to me? And my prayer is that you'll speak. I know you will. You're going to speak to different individuals about next year. And there's some people who are going to say, God, what would be the word for me this year? And you're going to tell them what that word is, and it's going to be an amazing year because of that. I pray that there's somebody here today, and, and they say, you know, Quite frankly, Steve, I, I really am not spiritually connected at all. But this morning, they'd make a decision to follow you, to serve you, to have a relationship with you. It'll change everything. Everything. If that's you, open your heart to him this morning, wouldn't you? And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.